Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and if you are listening to this on the day it airs, be wishing me luck because Ascend is in progress right now. My first attempt at a live Primal Potential Transformation Weekend, this first one is ladies only. And so because of that, I am going to take today's podcast to share with you the last of the Fat Loss Fast Track veteran webinars. I've shared a couple of them with you, and today's is all about self-control. So if you haven't heard the past couple episodes, I am replaying webinars that I have given uh, several months back to Fat Loss Fast Track veteran groups. And the veteran groups basically means that they've been through the first 12 weeks with me before, and they're on to their second or their third or their fourth round, and we focus more on mindset and consistency and motivation and attitude than we do on nutrition because we sort of have that foundation in place from our first 12 weeks. So this particular webinar, and you'll hear me refer to things like, if you get what I'm saying, click that little hand icon, ignore that. This is, again, audio pulled from a live webinar I did with my groups. And the way that the Fat Loss Fast Track works is that I give a weekly challenge, one single thing to focus on each week. And in this particular week, it was self-control. So let me do this first before we dive into this webinar on how you can build self-control and how willpower works and how you can take an area that's currently a weakness and make it a strength. Before I play that for you, let me read to you the email that I sent to them prior to this webinar that kind of explains what the challenge is, all right? So it says, hey, I can't wait to hang out with you guys on tomorrow's webinar. In the meantime, let's kick off the week with a super important challenge related to self-control. I read an article this week about the difference between self-control and self-esteem. It explains that 20 to 30 years ago, psychologists taught and believed that self-esteem was cornerstone to success, that you had to believe in yourself as a prerequisite for achievement. However, these researchers have really changed their tune in the last decade or so based on extensive research. Self-control is, in fact, the key to achievement and self-esteem is a result of achievement, not a driving force. But how do we develop self-control? How do we get better at controlling our thoughts, our emotions, our impulses and desires when we're facing a challenging situation. Practice and attention. Self-control is a way we break away from our default patterns of behavior to create new and more productive patterns of behavior. And we practice this when we, risk te- when we resist temptation or impulse for the sake of the greater good. This week, 
I want you to keep a daily tally of the number of times each day you practice self-control. If you're tempted to get seconds from dinner, even though you aren't hungry, say no and count that as one. If you feel like skipping your workout but you do it anyway, that's one. If you're tempted to hit the snooze button in the morning and you don't, that's one. Keep this daily tally every single day this week. And then I dive into this webinar, which I'm going to play for you on what self-control means, how it actually is about so much more than food. This isn't just about resisting temptation and hitting the gym. We practice self-control when we're sitting in traffic. We practice self-control when our alarm goes off in the morning. We practice self-control every time we go into the grocery store. And I talk about lots of different strategies for making this stronger in yourself. So for the next episode of the podcast, we'll be back to business as usual. But I hope you enjoy this little sneak peek inside the Fat Loss Fast Track for a great conversation about how to create more self-control. So I want to spend the rest of our time together talking about self-control because this is absolutely cornerstone for success and it's what we're going to focus on this week but it's really uh it's really about every every week and the rest of our lives because our ability to do anything challenging comes down to the degree of our self-control and many of us especially those of us who have yo-yo dieted The reality is we doubt our self-control, and in many cases, we don't have a lot of it. So we need to create more of it, period, end of discussion. If your actions are not currently aligned with your goals, if you feel like what you want and what you do are not aligned, it is a self-control issue. It absolutely is a self-control control issue. And so if you want to improve the alignment of what you really want with the choices you are making, then you have to practice self-control one day at a time. And the whole backbone of self-control is difficult because it's basically not doing what you want to do when you want to do it. That is practicing self-control. Self-control is the ability to regulate our impulses and our desires. So whether this is hitting snooze or complaining or being negative or having cookies or going for seconds when we really aren't hungry or we know we don't need it or skipping a workout, all of those things are impulses and desires. Our success in any arena is predicated on our ability to control these impulses and desires. How much of a say do we have or are we being dragged around by our hair, by our impulses and our desires? We're just at the whim of the impulses and desires. It cannot be that way. No matter what your goal is, this is something that has to be improved. And the only way to do it is to be aware of the impulses and desires and then say, no. Not right now. Not right now. The answer is just very simply not right now. It doesn't need to be this big, long conversation, this big, long debate, this big, long, huffy, puffy, sad story about how stressed and how tired you are. Just very simply. very, And it's not about, screw you, you don't deserve the cookie. No, it's just very simply, not right now. I'm practicing self-control. Not right now. I'm practicing self-control. That is just what it is. I love this quote. 
If you conquer yourself, you conquer the world. You tell me what you cannot do or improve or achieve when you can control your impulses and desires. You can make more money. You can have better relationships. You can have a more tidy house. You can finally keep your car clean. You can keep your closet clean. You can keep your house clean. You can improve your body. You can get fit. You can get strong. If you conquer yourself, boom, all sorts of doors open up for you. And I will tell you right now that I know for sure that the practice I did with self-control and getting out of debt helped me in the self-control needed to lose 140 pounds, which helped me in the self-control needed to build a business, which helped me in the self-control needed to pick up the pieces of my life during divorce. There is nothing that does not improve in your life when you conquer yourself. You guys know I'm a big fan of classical Stoic philosophy, and one of the, the real common quotes is rule over yourself. Why do we expect other people to listen to what we say if we do not listen to what we say? Why do we expect to be able to set standards for other people in our lives, spouses, children, friends, colleagues, uh, direct reports at work? If we don't listen to our own word, why should our word have value for others if it doesn't have value for us? I would say it shouldn't. Conquer yourself. This is one of those lead horse kind of things. This is one of those top button kind of things or first domino things. If you rule over yourself, there is no door that will not open for you. There's just not. So I was reading this uh, interesting article this week. It's an older article, but it was on uh, self-control, very appropriately. And it talked about how 30 years ago, there was this notion that self-esteem was more important for success than self-control. But over the last 20 years or so, they've really changed their tune. And now they see that it is self-control that is more directly associated with bringing people to success than self-esteem because self-esteem is a side effect. Self-control brings you to success, and so successful people have more self-esteem. They looked at studies of students that were doing well, and they wanted to see if students with higher self-esteem performed better than students with lower self-esteem. And what they found was that the, the indicator of how well these students did was actually self-control. And then once they started performing better in school, they started feeling better about themselves. And so the ripple effect was created by self-control, not self-esteem. Again, self-control being the ability to regulate your impulses and your desires, which brings you to success. And then successful people feel better about themselves because they value the work that they put into achieving something. So for those of you with kids, what are you demonstrating to your children about self-control? We all want our kids to feel great about themselves. We want our kids to feel like they're smart and they're pretty and they're this and they're that. But what are your behaviors showing your children about self-control? 
right? What are we demonstrating silently through our behaviors about self-control? Because it's self-control that leads to success. And then it's the success that helps us feel more productive and more valuable, right? And I'm not just talking about weight success. I'm talking about school performance. I'm talking about being able to pick up your room and then you feel good about yourself and you feel like you have accomplished something which makes you feel better. In the little things and the big things, we can develop self-control. And it is critically important. To do this, we have to practice saying no to ourselves, saying no to our impulses and saying no to our desires. And I understand that that is the crux of the problem. Nobody wants to say no. You see this and you think, oh, well, if I say no to myself, I'm going to feel really bad and I'm going to feel like I'm missing out. Okay, so then you just don't have self-control. Is that what you want? Is that the alternative? Because what does that mean for yourself? And it doesn't mean you can never experience indulgences. That's not at all what I'm saying, because remember that the exercise of self-control is not just related to food. It is not just related to food. So I don't want anybody to be hearing the message right now that you can never again have ice cream. You can never again have a glass of wine. That's not what I'm saying. But look for opportunities to say no to your impulses and desires. The very first opportunity can be when you want to hit snooze. No. I said I was getting up at this time. I keep the promises I make to myself. I'm getting up. You don't want to make your bed because you don't want to stop for two or three minutes. Well, I'm sorry. No, I'm going to do it because I said that I would and I keep the promises I make to myself. You want to go through and, and pick up a salad, totally fat loss friendly, instead of, make, instead of eating the leftovers you made the night before, practice self-control by saying no to the impulse, no to the desire. It's not about good food, bad food. That's certainly a part of it. But there are so many ways to practice self-control. You have to look for opportunities to say no to yourself, no to your impulses, no to your desires. The more you practice this, the easier it becomes. I can't tell you, I never imagined that there would be a time that I would say no to birthday cake, right? And it just so happened that on my actual birthday, we went out to eat. So there was dessert options, but I didn't get any. But yesterday we celebrated as a family. My mom made two ice cream cakes and it was easy to say no, not because I'm a superhero, but because for so many years now, I have been practicing saying no to myself, to my impulses, to my desires. When I want to have seconds, this was so hard for me at first, I'd make this beautiful fat loss friendly meal and then I'd want to eat it all. And there was like three meals worth of food, but I wanted to eat it all. And I would say, oh, but it's fat loss friendly. Okay, but Elizabeth, you're not hungry and you don't need it. And then it would be sitting there calling to me and it was so hard, but practice saying no to yourself, your impulses and your desires. And I promise you that everything that you practice gets easier with time. So there's interesting research being done on how willpower acts like a muscle. And is it just analogous to a muscle, like the concepts are the same? Or physiologically, does it respond biochemically the same way as our muscles do? And it turns out that it's both. 
which is really, really fascinating. Okay. I want you guys to understand this because if you do understand this, it is going to help you make this willpower muscle stronger. So what I am saying to you is that in the term, in terms of an analogy, willpower acts like a muscle in that it gets stronger with use, right? And it can get fatigued as well, right? You might think, well, how can it get stronger with use and get fatigued the same way your muscles do? So in that way, it is analogous to your muscles, but also physically it consumes energy, Activating willpower, exercising willpower consumes energy in our body. And so this is really important in understanding how we can wear out our willpower because we don't want to do that. Just like we don't want to totally fatigue our muscles so we don't have the energy to walk up the stairs without being miserably sore. We don't want to do that, but we do want our muscles to get stronger. So we have to understand how to do that. Is this making sense to you guys? If you understand why I'm trying to explain how it's like a muscle so that you know how to work it, just hit that little hand icon or comment or something so I know that I'm not losing you guys. Okay, hands are going up. What I want you to do is know how to exercise your willpower without overextending it, just like I want you to know how to exercise your muscles without hurting yourself or being sore for days and days and days. Willpower acts like a muscle very physically. So first and foremost, it gets stronger with use. This makes sense. The more we practice, it becomes a pattern of behavior. And the reason it gets easier with use and willpower gets stronger with use is because when we do something over and over and over and over again, the 27th time we make the decision, it requires less willpower than the first time we make the decision. Let's say that anytime you go out to eat Mexican food, you always go for the tortilla chips and salsa. The first time you say no to that takes way more willpower than after you've done it 27 times, right? That is why the practice is so important. That's why I want you guys tallying these things. The first time that you don't have something sweet after dinner is going to have a lot more resistance and require a lot more willpower than the 27th time you do it or even the seventh time that you do it. So that is how it gets stronger with use because it takes less energy. When your muscles get stronger, it takes less exertion to lift the same amount of weight when you've done it a bazillion times, right? But your willpower also fatigues, okay? It also fatigues. This is exactly why we tend to struggle more at the end of the day than we do at the beginning of the day. And that's why many times throughout the Fat Loss Fast Tracks, I've talked about automating as much as possible so that you're not drawing on your willpower reserves unnecessarily, right? The difference between preparing a frittata or some hard-boiled eggs the night before and you wake up and you know breakfast is like ready to pull out of the fridge and eat versus waking up and going, what am I going to have for breakfast? I could pull, you know, a muffin out of the pantry or I could like have to cook something. One requires a lot of willpower to overcome the easier decision and one is automatic. 
So we want to automate as much as possible to avoid fatiguing the willpower because the reality of the situation is you don't know what's going to come at you for the rest of the day. Your work day might require a lot of willpower or somebody might bring in all of your favorite lunch items or donuts or treats or sweets or, you know, whatever might happen that unexpectedly draws on your willpower throughout the day. So what can you do ahead of time to automate the rest of the day? This is one of the reasons that I don't keep junk in my house. And even not like sweets and treats and cupcakes and cookies and chips, I don't keep that. But I also don't keep things that require a tremendous amount of willpower, like large things of nuts or nut butters. It's not that I don't have self-control. It's that I don't want to fatigue my willpower unnecessarily. Why would I do that when I can just avoid that challenge altogether If I want nuts, I will go to a store where I can buy either a single serving or they have like the bulks where you can just scoop out a little scoopful into a bag and that's it. And not everybody is going to have that approach, but what is it for you that fatigues your willpower? Another way that I avoid fatiguing my willpower is getting my workout done in the morning. I do that because later in the day, I've had to use up more of my willpower, which means that the decision to work out at 5 p.m. is going to be a harder decision for me than the decision to work out at 9 or 10 a.m., right? So these are the kinds of things we really want to consider. The other thing that very real, very physically happens is when we are not well-nourished, when we are not well-rested, just like our muscles are not as strong if we aren't eating well or we aren't sleeping well, our willpower, this is clinically proven, is not as strong when we are tired or not well-nourished. So. Eating well is critically important. It is harder to make good choices when you are eating junk all the time. It is harder to make good choices when you are tired all the time. So we have to look at other factors that deplete our willpower. Anne says, my husband jokes about getting a cabinet with a lock for his treats. I wish he would. And the flip side of this is it is great practice. So you have to look at other areas since you know that will be something, Anne, that draws on your willpower. What can you do to make willpower easier in other areas, right? Making things ahead of time, crock pot meals, having veggies cut up in the fridge, getting a workout in earlier in the day instead of later, making sure you get enough sleep, making sure that you are, you know, getting enough fat and enough protein in your diet. All of those things are really, really important. Tamar says, I use both of these techniques, EB. I work out at 6 a.m. And if I want nuts, I have to go get a measured amount. Yep. I mean, different strokes for different folks, but I think that. That really makes a big difference in a lot of ways. So I want you to look at, are you creating a willpower deficit? Are you unknowingly exposing yourself to things that require you to use your willpower that you could eliminate? 
There are always things that you could eliminate. I know for one of my clients, and this is, you know, a benign example for some people, but for others, it's a big deal. Why are you keeping a box of Quest bars in your freaking pantry when you know that when you have one, you have to really fight the urge to have two or three? And then once you've had two or three, you figure you've screwed the day, so you might as well go for the kids' snacks. Why? That is something that likely creates a willpower deficit completely unnecessarily because there's nothing essential about a quest bar. You're not going to die if you don't have it, and you can buy them in singles. And I would say it's worth spending an extra 70 cents per bar to avoid the downfall if it causes that for you. It's not about the food having more control than you do. It's about why tax your willpower unnecessarily when there will be things that tax your willpower Regardless, are you relying on willpower for things that don't move the needle? So many times, just to give you guys an example, I have thought, oh, I should start doing X, Y, Z, right? I should start, um, you know, I, I should, oh, for example, uh, recently I said I should get in the habit of writing a card to somebody every single day, like a greeting card, right? That would be a great thing to do. It would be a great way to connect with people. It would be a great way to build relationships, blah, 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 blah. But then I said, you know what? That is going to take willpower and discipline because many days I'm not going to feel like it, right? Like, oh, forgot. Oh, who am I going to write to? Do I have their address, right? And I decided right now I don't need to take on something that is going to rely on willpower, and not really be one of the big rocks in my life. So look at the things that you're taking on. It could be right now meditation is something that you don't have the bandwidth for. Granted, there's a whole slew of arguments that would say it creates more bandwidth, but the reality is if you're really making progress on a food choice improvement or an exercise improvement, does it make sense to add the meditation right now and tax your willpower unnecessarily? Or if you're really focusing on the nutrition and working out is new for you, does it make sense to tax your willpower as opposed to keeping that reserve stronger for your food choices, which have a high, a higher ROI, right? This is how I want you to think about it. Anytime you take on something new that's going to require willpower, does it make sense right now? It doesn't mean don't ever do it. There's so many things that I want to do more of and more often, but oftentimes I have to table it and say, If this is going to require willpower and self-discipline, saying no to my impulses and desires, does it make sense for me right now? Or am I at a place where I need to be looking to create more reserve of willpower and I need to be looking at what I can subtract to simplify my life? So many of us go through and say, I want to add, I want to add, I want to add, I need to do this, I need to do that. Well, really, what's the return and does it make sense? Because if you are adding something that is going to require willpower, you do not have an infinite amount. So are you at a point where you have so much willpower because everything is really cruising along nicely, which is awesome. If you're in that position, definitely that's the time to add something. But if you're at the point where you're really trying to make progress on something, 
doesn't make sense. Nicole said, I like the idea of the ROI. Yeah, I love the idea of sending a card to somebody, but if that requires saying no to my impulses or urges on the days when I just don't feel like it because it's establishing a new habit, so it will require willpower, what is the ROI relative to the ROI for the things that are really important to me right now related to the way I eat, the way I move, and my business, right? And my self-care. Those are the things I want you really thinking about. The other thing I need you guys to keep in mind is a genuine consideration of whether or not you are on easy street. Lots of times we just make the easy decisions that are now easy for us. Like for most of you guys, fat loss breakfast is pretty easy. Well, it might be time to stop giving yourself a pat on the back for something that's really easy and look at moving your focus to someplace where you struggle a little bit, right? Many times we will look at the decisions that are easy. And I can see that when I ask you guys like how many points you got yesterday for this tally of self-control. Many of you were sharing things that I know probably were not saying no to an impulse or desire. It was like you were counting your good choices. Guys, good choices do not equate to the exercise of building self-control and self-discipline. They might, but it's not a gimme. So just because you had a salad for lunch doesn't necessarily mean that you were exercising self-control, right? It's self-control if you were like, oh my gosh, I want to have this pizza. And you said, nope, you know what? I'm not going to have the pizza today. I'm going to do this, right? But are you on easy street giving yourself credit for things that really are not exercising your self-control, which is what you want to build and improve on? You do not build self-control with easy choices. If you work out on a day you feel like it, that's awesome, but you're not building self-control, right? Self-control is a resistance against your impulses or your desires or your urges, and that is what I really want you guys focusing on this week. I want you focusing on the impulse and the desire that doesn't move you towards your goals. Again, not just food. It could be hitting snooze. It could be not cleaning up the kitchen at the end of the night and saying you'll leave it to the morning. All of these things that are misaligned with who we really want to be and the life we really want to have, those are the things that build self-control. We have to do the hard things. And the hard things can be food, but it's also very likely not food. Maybe it's time to go harder in your workout, go longer in your workout, go more intensely, lift heavier weights. Maybe it's time to incorporate the workout when you've been telling yourself you're not ready for it yet. Maybe it's time to go to bed earlier. And or go without the television for a day or two just to prove to yourself that you can, just to exercise self-control. It's not the easy things that develop self-control. Think about skill building, right? Think about playing the piano. If you just learn this easy song and you play it over and over and over and over and over again, you can be like, hey, look at me, I practiced today. Yeah, but you played the easy song you know that doesn't make you better. Think about a kid starting to read and they nail the Dr. Seuss book and so then they just say it over and over and over and over and over again and they're reading and that's awesome, but is that skill building? No, it's not. And many of us get stuck in this rut with fat loss. We, we nail this easy thing and then we do easy and we do easy and we do easy and we do easy and it's like, okay, but you're not going to get better 
Just like you wouldn't get better when you learn how to play chopsticks and then you keep playing it over and over and over again, right? You have to push beyond that comfort zone and say, you know what? To get to the next level, I have to do a little bit more. I have to give a little bit more. And it's not a punishment. This isn't like a crappy thing. This is a great thing. Just like when you sit down with a new song on the piano and you're like, hey, this is kind of tough, but this is going to be great. This is going to be good. This is going to make me better. That is what we need to do when it comes to self-control. I want you to look at the areas where you usually give in. And again, this might be food, it might be behavioral, it might be the television, it might be the snooze button, it might be how you care for your home, it might be your finances, whatever it is for you. Where are you usually giving in to impulse, to urge, to temptation? Where is that spot? That's where I want you to begin practicing. That's where I want you to say, not I have to be perfect, not I can never do this thing again, but here's where I'm going to practice today. Here's where I'm going to make a decision today. It might be alcohol. What is that thing, right? Julie says, this is exactly what I'm trying to figure out. Julie, I would challenge you, where do you usually make excuses and exceptions? Where do you usually say, oh, well, this one thing, or oh, I'll do better tomorrow? Where do you find yourself getting frustrated with your behavior and your choices? Where do you find yourself feeling disappointed with your behavior or your choices? That's where I want you to start to practice. That's where I want you to put your focus. And then I want you to keep a tally, record your score. This is not like, I made 17 healthy choices today. I, that's fine. That's great. That's wonderful. But that's not what this challenge is. This challenge is keeping tally of the hard things you did, okay? The times when you said no to your impulse or your urge. I want you to record your score because I want you to see that in your journal, not just like, I chose this, I did this, I did this, I did that. I want you to see a four, a six, a two, a seven, or whatever. I want you to see that number, and I want you to keep that number there every day. But here's the thing. I need you doing it every single day, not just like, oh, what was it yesterday? Because I want you to carry this with you throughout the day, like Amber said she did today. She didn't have the quesadilla because she wanted that point in her journal. I want the same thing for you guys with this exercise. Don't just be like, oh, well, what did I do on Tuesday? Because then it doesn't influence your actions. I want you going through the day looking for opportunities when you're up against an impulse or an urge in any arena and I want you to practice telling yourself, no, not right now. Not being a dictator about it. It's not a negative thing. It's very unemotional. It's not a no, never. It's a very calm, not today, not right now. I have other plans, right? That is so significant. Just very calmly saying to yourself, no, not right now, not today, not right now. Look for those opportunities when you come up against impulse or desire and very calmly say no not right now thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the primal potential podcast where my goal is not to inform you but to transform you and if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes workouts meal ideas every week right to your inbox just text the word primal to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. 
It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead, so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.